Welcome to Mission Completed Cycle, the podcast about midlife gaming. I'm Abraham, and with me is Francois. Hey, Francois. Hi, how's it? How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So, I've got to tell you a story. I had to go on a business trip recently, all the way to California, to Los Angeles, actually, and I thought, perfect. I am stuck on a plane for many hours, something like a 10, 11 hour flight, and I'm going to use it to catch up on my Vita playing. So, I took it on the first flight to London, because I had to transfer at, in, at Heathrow, and put it in the seat back pocket, actually did some work, and caught up on some much-needed sleep, because it was an early morning flight. This is turning Got out to be stuff. quite ominous. Yes, yes, it's a tale of woe. So, <laughs> it was a full flight, and was slightly delayed, I had to run for the connecting flight, made my connecting flight just in time after security and all the nonsense, sat down in my seat unpacked all my little things for the 10-hour flight and realized I don't have my Vita with me. It's still in the seat back pocket of the um, first flight. Immediately let flight attendant know. He just went, nah, you're going to have to call the Austin found. It's got nothing to do with the airline. Well, maybe you might be lucky. Of course, I was on the flight. So 11 hours sitting there sulking about my poor Vita and not playing at all. Um, stayed the week there for work. Came back again, 11 hours, sulking about not having a Vita. I'm surprised you didn't buy one in the US. Oh, I'm still... Uh, okay. Admit it, you were tempted, I'm so sure. So what I immediately did, right, is phone my poor wife and said, please, please, please call Lost and Found at Heathrow and tell them what's lost. She tried calling them. They, it's a completely automated system guiding you to your website, to their website, rather, um, where you've got a log a ticket and you have to pay, and then you have to pay more to actually escalate the ticket, and it just goes into this black void, and right, and it's just nothing. And if you talk, call the airline, they just say, nah, not our problem. Hear nothing of, about it for the whole week. So I have the flight back, all upset. Got to Heathrow with just enough time in my connecting flights that I can go to the um, customer service desk of the airline at Heathrow Terminal 5, and they tell me again, eh, you know, not our problem. Um, you've got to contact Lost and Found. That's over in Terminal 3. There's no way you're going to make it. After some begging and, and looking really upset, she gave me a number that I could call. So I called the number, said, I'm looking for a Sony PlayStation Vita. And the woman searched. Oh, I could oh, hear oh, some oh. typing. <laughs> Nothing. No, don't have anything. Dejected. PlayStation design. Portable. You tried PlayStation Portable, please. I, tell me. I said PlayStation. Sony PlayStation Vita. Nothing. But they did tell me, don't lose all hope. It's not been a complete seven days yet. If I call back tomorrow, maybe they have it because maybe it takes seven days for it to get there. Who knows? You know, I don't know what happens with these things. Somebody throws it in a drawer and forgets about it or something like that. So anyway, got on the flight back, still talking about my lack of Vita and no Vita playing because this is my major Vita playing is on planes. So uh, I call them actually the day after say i've lost sony playstation vita it's this seat number this airline this date this flight all details no nope, didn't find anything like that so are you sure please just search again so no no sony she the only thing she has is a sony walkman and then i realized they're only searching for sony and the only name on the front if you if you it's just look at vita. vita so i said <laughs> do me a favor search for vita just type in v-i-t-a vita right hear a typing Yep, yeah, here's a Vita. Can you describe it? Yep, it's got a hard case. It's got the following game cartridges in there. This is exactly what it is. Yes, that's it. Now we have it. <laughs> so, yay, my Vita was found. Um, Brilliant. And then, but I wouldn't have had it. This was after repeated calls and all the times they were searching for Sony. And that's it. Or game console or game, something like that. I can promise you there are 
stacks of stuff that are lying there unclaimed where they told the actual owners, no, we don't have it. And it is actually there because they don't know what to search for. So um, what you're telling me is I should just phone my local airport and start, you know, randomly claiming Vitas. Yes. There that is, should work quite well. Yeah. People should, firstly, if you lose something, just persevere. It's there. Yeah. Historically, I've been, I've been terrible with that though. And I, I think it's, it's up to you. A lot of people just give up essentially. I mean, um, what made what made you think of, of searching for just Vita? I was about to give up, right? Because this was multiple calls in. Um, mm. And it's only when she said, no, the only Sony I have, and then rattled off two or three Sony items that she had, that I realized that's very she, fixed, yeah, that she is searching only for Sony um, and she's not searching for anything else. I had them search for Vita specifically. I just thought of what is the biggest, the first thing somebody would see if they find something not knowing what it is and... Um, and enter it onto the system. Yeah. So yeah, all's well that ends that's well. Cool. I'm now happily playing on my Vita again, or not playing with my Vita again. Actually, it's the case. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, speaking of, also speaking of not playing your Vita, I find it fascinating. Do you? What do you actually play in the on those? Let, let's say you had the Vita for 11 hours. What what would you have played on it? Um, I intended to finish um, Gravity Rush because I'm oh. I'm. How probably, is that by the way? I've never oh, it's, it's, it. it's really good, but half the time you don't know what you're doing. And the other half is mostly luck. It's, <laughs> it is really good. I actually quite like it. Some of it, it can be unbelievably frustrating, but it's really good. I love it. And, and the mechanic, the, the way you shift gravity and things like that and turn it on and turn it off is brilliant. I really like it. I think on the PS4, it must be pretty good as well. The two things I wanted to finish was Gravity Rush and Odd World Inhabitants, The um, Stranger's Wrath. Oh, yes. But that was a PlayStation 2 game originally. Yes, but it, if it, it was re-released in HD version for the Vita. I've been meaning to finish that quite a while. I've only ever played that on an airplane. So the, the, the point, I want, really wanted to finish it, but oh well. I have to do it on an extra. So and strangely enough, um, myself really with the Vita, I've only mostly played PlayStation One games. That's just the weirdest thing. It's all my my backlog collection that I had on the PS3 for old PS1 RPGs and stuff like Final Fantasies and Ark the Lad and those things. And um, I find that they're very very nice on the Vita. So so it's uh, it's a little bit too powerful for that, but ah uh, well, it works. Yeah, so. it's fun. It's fun. Mm, it is. No, I've actually I've been playing quite a few Vita specific games, but the one that actually I've probably played the most is Smart As. I've really found that quite fun. Smart has. Yes. Like in smart as dot, 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 but clearly intended oh, to be smart as. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. John Cleese is narrator. It, yeah, it's basically cool. a quiz. It's like brain training. How, and how does it compare to, to the Buzz series, for instance? I suppose it, they don't have the snarky. It, well, it's John Cleese, so. Yeah, it, it's a bit snarky, but it's more, it's more brain training than you don't know Jack. Than Buzz. Or, or Buzz or yeah, something like yeah. It's lots of fun. I like it. Speaking of you, Donna Jack, did you ever play the PS3 version? No, never. Yeah, it, was, it was never released outside of the US, oh, though. Okay. So yeah. no, so my wife actually imported a copy for oh, me. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, a year or so back, and it, it was it's that's it's fun. It's the old you don't know Jack. Yeah, that was brilliant. But, but it was brilliant back in the days on the PC. I don't know how it holds up now. Yeah, I suppose as you get older, some of the humor and stuff it gets a bit much. Yeah. But nostalgia helps. So. Cool. Yeah, that was brilliant in the days of. It was around about the same time as the um, flying toasters, screensavers, and things like that, wasn't it? <laughs> what was that called again? Um, After dark. After dark. Yes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. On memories. Cool. Speaking of fun memories, we mentioned we mentioned the virtual reality stuff uh, in the previous episode. Oh, yeah. I couldn't quite quite remember at the time what the, the machine was that we actually tried out at that one expo, and it turns out it's the Virtuality um, One Thousand CS, okay, cool. which yeah, which was built by a company called Virtuality and they were originally called W Industries. But yeah, and it was supposed to revolutionise virtual virtual reality in the nineties, as we all know that didn't quite happen. Yeah, <laughs> but. Sad. 
it's actually amazing. I was thinking to myself, it's amazing that we actually got to play on this machine back because I think it was about 93. Yeah, who, 93 who actually maybe... bothered to import that thing into South Africa? I wonder. That's that's the thing. These machines went for about sixty thousand dollars each. So um, it's amazing that. that it's a lot of rands. So it's amazing that, that actually in a small town like Grahamstown as well, I mean, it's, it wasn't even one of the major cities. So exactly. that someone actually bothered to, to bring that machine there. And yeah, I'm very glad I got, got the opportunity to try it. Unfortunately, finding one of them now, extremely yeah, hard. I wish I could find one. Did you ever find the name of the game we were playing? It's called uh, Legend Quest, actually. Yeah, there were two major ones. It was Dactyl Nightmare was the one and then Legend Quest. And for a while, I thought Dactyl Nightmare because I distinctly remember seeing pterodactyls in the thing. But no, the, the game is actually Legend Quest. And if you go on YouTube and stuff, you can actually see see footage from it. And keeping in mind, it's 1992. It is actually quite amazing what that machine could do. And it's on a good old Amiga, right? I mean, that machine just... Yeah, it's heavily customized. But but yeah, it's an Amiga 3000. So <laughs> it's beautiful, wow. actually. Just with custom graphics. And it supposedly gives a stereoscopic effect in the headset. I can't recall that though for me it seemed it was 3d but i mean it was flat no, no, I, I don't know i can't remember your... i can't remember that well actually to me it was just amazing <laughs> that wasn't the only thing i remember no but see the, the thing about it is it's, it's been something that's been bothering me for more than 20 years now well sometimes but the point is it's only really now that we we see all the new vr stuff coming out and, and actually seeing a revival in that the genre I think. yeah i think it's only now um, that people think we can do it without breaking your neck with the weight of the headset and making your eyes bleed so they're willing to give it another go. But do you really think so? Because, I mean, you tried that, was it the VFX 1, I think, with Doom and stuff back in yes, the day? Yes, that was the biggest problem with, with that was probably weight. It was pretty big um, and limit, limited range and movement. So, for instance, it didn't have, like, complete... You could look around you, but if you looked up and down, there was actually limits as to how far up and down you could look and things like that. That sort of broke the immersion a bit. But that was pretty cool. It was, <laughs> it was <laughs> heretic. I played Heretic or Hexen. I think it was Heretic yeah, um, on it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but both Heretic and, and even Hexen, which I think was the sequel, both of them still sort of were based on the Doom engine, weren't yes. they not? Yes, so that was some of the... So, at, so, at the time, there were some hacks to the Doom engine to allow you to look up and down, where in Doom, you couldn't look up and down, right? It had different elevations, yeah, yeah. but you couldn't actually physically look up and down. And, and it's brilliant. I remember shooting a rocket, and it would <laughs> magically appear five stories above you to kill a guy you're braving it. In Hexen, Heretic, you could. And in that one, the, the VFX one took advantage of that. But that was pretty cool. I mean, at the time, I thought it was amazing. Did you get to play with a puck as well? It had this controller. Yes, it was, it was a, a full setup. I, I can't remember what company it was anymore. But no, that was pretty cool. But it, it was a demo at an expo, right? So I didn't have hours to play with it or anything like that. But it was fun. Yeah, but it's it's actually amazing, though, now that you mentioned it, it was just a demo at an expo. It's the same... When you, when you think about it, that virtuality machine we both um, tried, I mean, we probably got 10 minutes of playtime, if it, if it was that much. Yeah. I can't remember how long it was, but I mean, and it left such an impression, at least on me. Yeah, but it looked like so, the future as well, right? The cell cabinet that did, you walk into, like this thing you put on and you're in another world. And it's you're strapped into it and it's going to be lawnmower. I, man. Wish I, can, <laughs> I, I wish I can get one of those cabinets just for PlayStation VR. So, so you, you want to take the one VR system that actually shows promise and you want to constrain it. Is that it's just in that movement so that you can go and stand in that <laughs> cabinet. Everything else, just PlayStation, 4, PlayStation VR, but then do it all in that. Yeah, so you've mentioned it now. I think the PlayStation VR is the one thing that is, I don't know, I'm so terribly excited for it. I don't think I've, I've ever been 
looking forward to something as much in, in terms of gaming and all that yeah, stuff. I'm toying with the so, idea of, of pre-ordering. It'll have to happen this weekend or otherwise I'll wait. But, oh, I so want it. I'm shocked that you haven't just already. Yeah, I, I, I need to... Knowing you. I, I need to convince my wife. Definitely. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how disappointed I am by the fact that it's only coming October and not April. That was the thing. We were promised second quarter or something. If it's I'm, if it's I'm like postponing Christmas. It is. It honestly is. And, and the worst thing is I've been going through all these videos on YouTube and, and my wife is actually telling me that, uh, well, she, she just feels sad for me because, I mean, how long can I keep this up? It's actually becoming sad, <laughs> I think. <so. laughs> and um, even even my seven-year-old, right, is waiting for that thing. You cannot imagine. I think he's more keen on that than his birthday. And it is just like, oh, we have to get VR. So the other day, to tide us over, actually, I saw the most amazing thing. It is, I was in the toy store, and then just randomly, they had Viewmaster. The old, do you remember Viewmaster? Those red... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah these hard plastic red things, and you, you had those discs yes. with these stereoscopic image sort of into and you, and you yeah you could turn it around like an old telephone something that was that was brilliant yeah it was so cool and now they have viewmaster vr it looks just like a viewmaster headset just a little bit bigger and it, it even looks like it still has one of those white things in and it's got the lever on the right hand side to pull oh, cool. but, that is but brilliant. what you do is you open it up and you put your mobile phone in it and what it is, what it really actually is, is a plastic Google Cardboard viewer. It is, it is completely cardboard compatible. Branded Google Cardboard. Exactly. It's, it's got the... That is brilliant. You know, that is so, so brilliant. So it works with all of the Google apps and everything. I, I, just, and I'm assuming that... I just couldn't help myself. So yesterday, my son and I went and we bought one of them. <laughs> so we have been playing with Google Cardboard apps. And the, the Viewmaster actually comes with, with its own apps. Um, yeah, okay. you, you, you buy the apps on the store and you can also then buy, well, sort of like a game cartridge or something like that. And then you fire up the app in the viewer. The game cartridges look like those white discs that you used to put into the machine. Oh, and then you, so you cool. just look at one of those and it loads it loads the right content. And then you look at it and you're in these VR environments and you can look around left and right. So, but what's actually been more fun are all the Google Cardboard apps because they all work with things. So we've been riding on roller coasters and flying around and playing games all night. And how's, how's the quality, would you say? What, Fairly terrible. It? Um, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it on the iPhone 6, which is, it's good, but it's, there's, there's definitely some latency, some lag. And while you do it, it doesn't bother you at all, right? It feels really good and it looks really good. But what I found is if you, t when you take it off, I feel a bit nauseous for an hour or two afterwards. Oh, really? And my son doesn't want to admit it, but he does as well. He has admitted to you. It does actually <laughs> affect, him as well, affect him as well. But then he sits in the back of the car and looks at the roller coaster and goes, wee, all the time. So um, I, the fact that, oh, yeah, nice. that he's not completely sick, I don't know how, <laughs> how it works. Um, so how does it, how would you say it compares to the Samsung Galaxy Gear? You know what? Gear VR thing, what it's, what it's called. I tried both the Gear and Google Cardboard earlier in the year at the website summit right and in all honesty i thought both of them sucked wow okay and the cardboard was really bad it, it was horrendous it was slow and choppy it was it was like trying to play you know when you're playing trying to play a, a 3d game on a system that just truly cannot handle it just can't do it and it wasn't immersive. Hey, we used to play unreal tournament yeah. like that back in the day if you remember yeah and it wasn't it wasn't an immersive at all and the galaxy gear was kind of the same and this is actually better now i don't know if it's a few extra months that made a difference or the fact that the, i'm not in a noisy convention center or but something but it's, but it's I, look 
way better. I, I, I suppose I suppose the phone itself and and whatever you're running on it also has an impact. I mean, it it has to. Have. Oh yeah. I mean, there are so, there's some of the software which truly suck. It is horrendous. It's clearly not optimized and it it's not good. But some that you could see somebody who's a little bit more capable did is really good. And I think the iPhone six is maybe a bit more more beefy than some of the ones I. I tried. This is a six plus. So this is this is definitely more fun. If only just for the game discs. I mean that that is such a cool yeah, idea. I, have to say, I, I was actually now sitting. How much of it is nostalgia? The the fact that it looks. Does it does it really matter at the end of the day? I mean, that's, no, but <laughs> we both know it's it's fueled by nostalgia. Exactly. But, hey, yes, the nostalgia is what got me to buy it. But it's not what's going to keep me. From, yes, of course. Keep me playing. How much? How much did you did you do these go for? They, around three euros. Okay. Yeah, so it's not so, it's not yeah. the end of the world. But you need to you get what you what you pay for, obviously, right? This, do not expect an <laughs> Oculus or a, or a PlayStation VR. And I have to ask, being not being an iPhone person myself, I suppose it has support for Android as well. Oh, of course. It's, well, it, it is Google Cardboard after all. <laughs> and the, the, the system is it's it's not try, it doesn't try to hide the fact either in the manual and on itself. It just it's got the Google Cardboard logo and it clearly says it's compatible with Google Cardboard. Yeah. Okay. But the, the applications run on both Android and iOS and it will just depend on what level of hardware it is. It supports anything up from an, an iPhone 5 and up, but yeah. I think you really want to have as fast a processor as possible in there. No, fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, one thing that would really cement that for me is is if they could do ports of the old Viewmaster discs that they had. I, I mean, I realize there were thousands, but surely there must have been some that were more popular than others. But you know those old static images? It would yes. be a bit creepy, I suppose, but just having like a Disney image sitting there and you can look around on well cardboard donald ducks and all that well, that's what they, they have at the moment right is is, is it well oh. it's not the same but it's at the moment it's just static images of london where you then have a 360 view and you can move around and that's that's nice yeah so the view master it's, it's kind of staying true to the roots the roots yeah exactly it's it's 360 yeah. degrees static images that they have mostly except for things like the solar system which, where you can move around and and you actually manipulate the solar system but a lot of it is just static content that you look at and on the Viewmaster specific files, on the Google Android stuff, oh, sorry, Google Cardboard stuff, it, it tends to be more more games and more moving things. So speak about games in VR, again, just coming back to the PlayStation VR. So that's launching in October, and we've both said we're terribly excited for that. But how do you feel about the competition? Um, I mean, there's the Oculus Rift, and then there's the HTC Vive. So you're the lucky one that's tried the Oculus. I've never tried that. I've The HTC Vive, I think that's, I saw... Again, a pre-release. Is that how you pronounce it? By I the way, have no idea. How do you pronounce it? I, I oh. Vive. Vive. I'll go with Vive. Vive. If anyone out I there would, knows how to pronounce it, please let us know. I believe that's the system where I saw a hand gliding video on. But that was just a movie. It wasn't a game or anything like that. We just looked around and it was like a high definition video and you could look down and it was really, really stunning. Um, but the lack of interactivity just sort of annoyed me a bit. But yeah. you tried it on. Yeah, that was brilliant. And it looks it looks cool because it's got that industrial look to it. That is just cool. It does, but I think I personally like the Space Age yeah, PlayStation VR, VR look myself. Man, but look, I'm definitely going for it, yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you saw, but E-Valkyrie is definitely releasing yes. for PSVR. No, I stand corrected. It so. is most definitely on the PlayStation. So very happy about that. Anyway, um, the one thing that HTC Vive or Vive, whatever it is, um, what it does have going for it is all those controllers, basically. They, they seem, seem quite interesting. really, really interesting. Yeah, whether it's really going to be better than something like, say, the PlayStation Move, I don't know. I, I, I have my doubts. I mean, 
at least we have something to use our move controllers exactly. for now. So I'm quite <laughs> I happy about that. I bought two extra move controllers so, just in case. So I've got a whole stack of them here. You know, you're the consumer oh, Sony yeah. dreams but, about, honestly. No, well, except that I bought them secondhand. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, fair but, uh, they're, they're cheap. I would recommend anybody buy your move controllers now while they're still so cheap. Um, there's something like three euro now yep. for each. Same goes for the camera, actually, as well, because you can also pick that up um, yeah. quite cheaply now, yeah, well, at least of, over here. Because no one's no one was buying them exactly. Basically. So instead of buying the bundle and getting everything for full price, just mm. buy the stuff cheap now. Have it ready for when you buy the, the the headset. Of course, in about what six months, if this advice all turns out to be wrong, please don't blame us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident it won't be. No, no, it won't be. There's something I wanted to ask you actually. Yeah. Is I was I was okay. driving through the city the other day, and I saw. On outside of uh, one of the high street stores, a Louis Vuitton store, they had all the windows were plastered with pictures of lightning from Final Fantasy fame in Louis Vuitton clothes and Louis Vuitton bags. And she's, I went to read up on it. She's currently um, the official model for Louis Vuitton, which one amazed oh. me because um, I thought it's slightly more obscure than something like Louis Vuitton. And the fact that one of the most expensive brands actually look towards gaming for um, marketing. It's just, it's a, a fit that I didn't think um, we were ready for. But clearly their marketing department think that this will pay off for them because nobody looks at their return on investment like marketing guys. Um, so clearly there's enough gamers with enough disposable income and interested in high fashion that this makes sense for them. So I was really thinking, firstly, what do you think about that? And secondly, how much of a stigma does gaming still have in society? Do you for, go out at work and, and make it clear that you're interested in games or are you kind of a bit quiet about it? What, what's your thoughts around this? Well, look, it's, 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 it's interesting because, um, and Michael, just to, to answer your last question first, in terms of, of like at my workplace and so forth, um, it's quite a mixed crowd. So whenever I'm, I'm, I'm say, say around people my age and, and older and so forth, it's not really something that comes up in conversation much. Um, and I think this is just part of the generation, really. But but for the younger guys in the office, they they make they have no issue about it. So I think we actually have one or two esports fans as well. Um, it's not a big thing down here, but it's it's definitely getting bigger. It, what does surprise me about about the whole Louis Vuitton Lightning thing is it's just were they actually trying to target? As much as things have changed, I I don't think girls are quite as into gaming yet. It's, look, it's much better than it was, say, 10 years ago. I, I think you, the latest actually says it's very close to even if girls isn't actually slightly more than boys in, in video games. Yes. You think? It is, it is, which is one of the sad things about the representation of women in gaming, actually. In that Precisely then, because that, that's not... Look, so I'm not a, a massive multiplayer gamer. So, so perhaps my exposure is just completely skewed. But just based on the single-player games, it doesn't yeah, seem that, that. That is exactly sort of the tragedy, tragedy in that there's not enough, I think, characters and almost computer role models like the Lara Crofts out there. But it's also why more and more games now include the option to have both a male and female protagonist. I mean, to, even in something like Shadow of Mordor, um, because of the outcry, they actually went and added a female um, lead character in there just because they acknowledged that, okay. you know what? Actually, our data supports the fact that half of the people playing our game, Shadows of Mordor, are actually female, and we're not catering to that crowd. So I think it's it's only now that they're, they're letting themselves know. But no, definitely, it's, it's, there's not a, that much of a gender bias, if any, anymore. 
Um, so I think that is that is going away. People just don't acknowledge it yet. Same with with the age of people. It's steadily been stage age of gamers, I should say. It's steadily been getting older and older. I think the the average gaming age now is early thirties, actually. So pretty mm. much everybody is yeah. because again we grew up with this with these things, right? So everybody is a gamer. We just don't openly admit it. I mean, I don't go out, especially in in meetings and stuff. There, there's a group of people who know that I'm quite seriously interested in gaming in gaming and there's there's a whole group of people who I would I would never even think about discussing the topic no but that's that's kind of my my experience exactly still with the Louis Vuitton thing it's it's an interesting choice of character as well that they, they have I mean on the one hand it makes sense Final Fantasy has always been known for its, its <laughs> extravagant styles and everything so I suppose lightning is a very very good match but she's not exactly the uh, the most well-liked character in the Final Fantasy universe so it's, it's a that's weird choice to be yeah You'd almost think um, something like Laura Croft, you mentioned earlier, would be a better, better fit. Yeah, but I would, I would say... Then then, I suppose she, she doesn't embody fashion and... And and, yeah, yeah, the, and, whole, and the new Laura Croft, but it's, it's some sort definitely of the new, not the old Laura Croft. The old Laura Croft was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 the, for sure. It's a bit problematic. But um, the new one, again, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would fit with character. It's. I think the costumes come more naturally to mm. the Final Fantasy world than it does to to Laura Croft. No, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's interesting, and it's interesting how it, how it changes. But what's also interesting is the more I speak to people, the more people, oh no, I'm seriously into gaming, or yes, I've got an Xbox or a PlayStation. And one of my colleagues who run one of the technical departments is actually a serious esports gamer, and he wakes up like at two or three a.m. at night to follow games that's being live broadcasted and things like that. And I I never knew that about him. And we've been working together for years. So, <laughs> yeah, esports e is something that's really, really not big in, in South Africa yet. So, um, I mean, there's you see pockets of it here and there, but it's it's really just yeah. an up and coming thing. So, I suppose how's how's the culture for that? Um, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's 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 definitely big in Europe. Is it? Um, I think the UK it's bigger, mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of interest in Dublin, and then it's huge, of course, in Eastern Europe as well. Yeah. Oh yes, of course. Do you do you self-identify yeah. with the term gamer or not? Would you would you refer to yourself as a gamer Honest, or not? It's a tricky thing. I, I'd say younger me would have said yes, I, I am. But currently, I'm. I, you kind of use the phrase you, you you're very interested in gaming and and you enjoy gaming. But it, it almost feels to me that that I don't take this thing seriously yeah. enough, perhaps. And it, it it feels weird saying that, but like nowadays, being a gamer almost implies that you're part of of like you play your big multiplayer Call of Duties or some or World of Warcraft or whatever it is that you do. But for me, gaming has always been a form of escapism, really. Winding down after a hard day's work, you sit back and you enjoy um, whatever it is you're playing. Like things like Fallout, for instance, is, is exactly the type of thing that I like. So yes, in that sense, I'm a gamer, but it's almost grown out of just you know, relaxing and playing video games into a subculture, which I don't necessarily... So there, I completely agree with you in that I, I play games a lot, right? But I mm. don't identify with what the gamer subculture I've become, this bro multiplayer kind of image. Um, yes, and I find yes. it kind of almost annoying as to what are the, these kids doing with my, with my, my hobby. Um, <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> exactly. Get off my lawn, you youngins. As I get older, I also realize that I don't define myself in terms like that. I am I am who I am. And it's not gamer isn't a title I need to define myself. Neither is anything else like engineer or accountant or project manager or anything. It, it's 
I am where I am and I do the following things of which gaming is one. So I actually don't, the, the term, do I play games? Most certainly. Am I a gamer? Actually, no, because I think it's got the wrong connotation to it nowadays. It's, it's interesting that you say that, though, because, I mean, it boils down to the fact that it's almost always had the wrong connotation. That was actually very well said, I, I must say, and, I, and I, I agree completely with that. It's, um, I, I sometimes feel gamer does have, well, it's always had a bit of a stigma attached to it and, and the wrong connotations. And I've never really felt as well that that's whatever those connotations may, may have been throughout the ages. It's, it's never really been what I've identified with. So to answer that question. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I guess it's perspective that comes with a little bit more age. <laughs> anyway, what have you been playing? Hey, this last week, I've well, a couple of weeks, I've, I've not really been playing that much. Um, I finished Infamous Second Son, which was excellent. Oh, cool. I can definitely recommend that. Although, if you have first light, I'd say play that first. It, it just makes the story so much more interesting. Thanks for but the thing that struck me about Infamous is they actually had released DLC for the game, um, free DLC, I might add. And it's got this augmented reality section attached uh-huh. to it. So a, a lot of it, yeah, you, you end up Googling for for random companies' websites, uh, well, fictional companies in the game universe. And this company actually has a website, and then you have to hack in. But I, I'm not going to spoil much more. But that sounds brilliant. It's a very clever combination of, you know, real-world augmented reality type stuff alongside the in-game, what, what happens in-game. Of course, I can't tell you much more about it because, unfortunately, it's going to spoil what it is. But it's really worth checking out. And I would like to know how long they're going to keep that online. But um, it is currently still online. And the game is, is fairly old now. And I would definitely recommend you at least check it out. Okay, so I need to get playing so that I can still see that. Definitely. Thanks for the tip. Okay, I'll do that. Now, I've, I've actually just started Bart, um, Bartman, Batman Arkham Knight, which is really good so far. I haven't played much, that much of it. But I'm kind of annoyed. I bought the disc in the US just because I had the opportunity, um, not because of price or anything, really. Um, and I specifically looked, and it said all regions on, on the disc itself, but it comes with PS4-specific DLC. And it turns out mm-hmm. the PS4, the, the DLC code is linked to the US um, PlayStation, PlayStation store. store. Ah. But, um, which is truly annoying, because now I can't, I can't use the DLC, which reminds me, I'm, I need to... I think I'll, I'll contact Warner Brothers Interactive's um, support, game yeah, support, and see if I can maybe swap the code or something. They might just do that. Um, yeah. Well, look, I can't speak for Warner Brothers, but my my experiences with Sony support has been been quite good in relation to stuff like this. So, so yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll, get, they'll swap it out. Of course, there's the more dodgy approach of you know creating a US account and just downloading the DLC. I, I know, but then then but it, I, it doesn't feel right. No, it's not. No, it's and not. I specifically want to keep it on my account, and yes, when I transfer it to something else and or a different machine and things like that, like I want to. So I'll first try and change it. Otherwise, I'll just do that. No, makes sense. Cool. But yeah, thanks, Aubrey. This has been a good, good conversation. Yeah, nice there. catching up. Yeah. Mm. Been a while. Been a while. And we still have not explained the title. Mission yeah, but that's cycle. still not going to happen now. No, well, but we can keep promising it for the next one, of course. Yes. So we promise so. we'll get to that sometime. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Aubrey, thanks. Very nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Ah, here we have a, a third person in the conversation. Yes. We're going to edit this with it.